It is episode 20, and we are discussing the WWE Attitude Era with our friend Kyle Appleyard from Word of the Bay Podcast. Stick around. This is the Oversell Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Oversell Podcast. My name is Derek. I'm Dan. I'm Mike. And we are here to talk a little professional wrestling. We have a very special guest. Um, this guy started following me on Twitter a couple of years back because me and another one of his, well, we'll say friends. Can we say friends, Kyle? We can say friends. Okay. Um, we got in some pretty uh, spirited discussions about a certain quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, our favorite football team. Mm-hmm. But uh, found out he hosted a podcast, the Word of the Bay podcast, and it's not, he only doesn't he not only does that, but he does um, some fictional podcasts. I think they do horror video game podcasts. I mean, he's I think you podcast every night. But we're joined by Kyle from Apple Yard from the Word of the Bay podcast. Kyle, welcome to the Oversell Podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me on, man. It's it's nice to finally be here with you guys and to be on the storied over oversell podcast <laughs> we're starting to get that way <laughs> you are you are you're getting big some of the guests as Paul is like oh man holy crap well good I'm, I'm glad we're making an impression on people so Thank um you. when I, Kyle when I was on your show uh I think last month um we started talking a little bit pro wrestling and one thing we really got into was talking about a little bit about what I think was the probably the best era of professional wrestling and that was the attitude era so I figured we would make an episode about this and just, you know, go back and talk some Attitude Era. I mean, it was – there really was no better era of wrestling. Listen, I, go ahead. You think so, really? Yeah. Yeah. It was the, it was the ultimate renaissance of, <laughs> of, the, the, uh, of professional wrestling, and uh, I went through that as an adolescent boy, as I'm sure most of, you know, most of you guys did, I, I believe, right? Yeah. And yeah, I mean yeah. it's it was it was the, the the perfect time to be into uh professional wrestling was that time. Uh you know, young adolescent 13-year-old boy with with you know too many too not enough things to do and and you know every Monday Thursday night you go and you watch a little bit of wrestling and good god. I I thank you so much for having me on because it being one of the biggest um eras or professional wrestling you could have had any number of people on what i say I, I guess i'll kind of like prove my salt by saying you know who better than the guy that that uh grew up as a as an adolescent during that time and who better than the guy <laughs> that you know the the, the kind of the mm, the antithesis of the uh <laughs> attitude era you know the kind of the, the people that kind of uh, they watched for that era and then fell off that was that was kind of, that was me that's me yeah um, well, one thing, the Attitude Era, it did kind of get me through puberty as well. Oh, yeah. Sonny <laughs> <laughs> and Sable, man. That, you know, Good that's when God. they started heightening the sexuality of um, the WWE. That's when they first started calling the women wrestlers divas. I didn't even see. I didn't know that. I always, I thought that that was always a thing that happened. But I, apparently, yeah, the Attitude Era ushered in the, the, the kind of the sexiness. Yep. And you, you had Sonny, who... Sunny now is far cry from <laughs> what she was now. Um, do you remember Sunny at all, Kyle? 
I don't remember Sunny, no. She was a manager for the Legion of Doom for a while. She was a manager, I believe, for Mr. Perfect. She uh, The Body Donnas. The Body Donnas. Um, but now she is pretty much a whore. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, she does Skype sessions where you can pay apparently certain levels of money. And Wait, she, no, like for real? That's not like a. That's not a. Uh, no, this, a <laughs> no, this is legit. This that, is what it, she does. Absolutely, one hundred percent legit. No way. Okay, wait. So wait, what's her name? I'm gonna Google. Sunny. S U N N Y. Tammy Lynn Sitch. Tammy Lynn Sitch is her real name. Yeah. Yeah. She does these Skype sessions, and apparently, if you pay her money, she does like so much for five minutes. She'll talk to you in lingerie and topless, and then so much more money, and <laughs> anything goes. Oh my God! I swear, it's like. <laughs> And this is a WWE Hall of Famer, and it completely it completely ruins my image of her because like well you know she's I, probably I, making a whole lot of money from that oh hell yeah oh, oh yeah. yeah 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 but I mean like you know if you look at her back in the day when she was like the number one thing on the on WWE's roster I mean like whenever she came out everything grinded to a halt and all eyes were on her. You know, but and you know, it's like Derek said, she's a far cry from the figure she had, you know, and it's it's really funny and everything. But at, at the same time, it's not funny because it's like, Sonny, how far have you fallen? For God's <laughs> sake, please. How the body have fallen. Yeah, I mean, it's just so crazy because like, hey man, it's 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 funny and it's it's kind of awesome at the same time. I don't know, it's like she's doing her thing, she's making tons of money. Yeah, good for her, I guess. I, I guess you got to pay those bills somehow. Yeah. I guess student loans and student loans are a bitch. <laughs> if we can get Stacy, <laughs> if we can get Stacy Keebler on the same uh, program here, I'm I'm all for it. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> so, she who, lost was, her. who was always my favorite? She came a little late in the in the in the era, but yeah, Stacy Keebler always. Well, she, always yeah, my she favorite. yeah she came over. I, I think it was kind of like the tail end of the Attitude Era. Yeah, towards well, the invasion era. Yeah, and yeah. um, you know, she was in WCW big time for a long time. She was Miss Peacock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe. I think so. Was she really? Yeah, yeah. That's and uh, who was it? Miss uh, Molly Holly was uh, Miss Monday Nitro or Miss Madness? Miss Madness. Miss Madness. 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 Yes. Yeah. And uh, and then of course she had Medusa. And right. She always seemed a little too innocent to like be in professional wrestling. Who's that, Stacy Keebler? Stacy Keebler. Yeah, yeah. She, yeah. she yeah. kind of didn't belong. Yeah. Um, good so God. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know where that good God was for. It's like a <laughs> that came from Google. I <laughs> <laughs> was a Google good God. It was a wrong turn on the internet. Like, Ooh, I clicked on something. So Attitude Era started, I believe. And they want to say it started around summer. I mean, Survivor Series in '96. Right? Uh, Showing ninety seven. Ninety seven. Is well it's when they're they start they released the, the attitude logo. Right. So Right. And then around that time I think WrestleMania uh right after that was was that Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart? No. Um Yeah, I mean that's a, that's for all intents and purposes. That's that's what I know that was one of the angles that kinda kicked off the attitude era because that was when Shawn Michaels started uh doing his I'm a well, when, he, when he's like thing? standing in the middle of the ring doing, you know, doing WCW, like that right there was like, oh my god, I mean, no one's ever seen that before. <laughs> that kind of like that, that realness of like, oh, they're they're acknowledging that other that the the oh, other yeah, the, the screw uh, job, the screw job, yeah, 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 and uh, uh, that's <clears throat> so many characters were made during the Attitude Era that and WWE was making it seem like 
new characters every week and pushing characters and amplifying characters. While WCW, on the other hand, was they made one character through that whole era, and that was Goldberg. Everything else was the were these tired, old superstars like Hulk Hogan, Kevin Nash, mm-hmm. Macho, yeah, Man, Macho Man. Man. And I, 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 I do go back and I look at some of the Nitros because I'm like, all interested in what the nitros were you know back before i started watching it because honestly i didn't start watching it when hogan and all of them turned i i, w- I didn't have cable at the time i didn't have i wasn't able to have pay-per-views and stuff like that and everything my parents weren't you know up and up on letting me do that and everything you know they were always afraid about me getting into the wrong end of the pay-per-view or whatever i don't know what the thinking was there or whatever i'm like worried that you were going to grow up and wrestle yeah something like that <laughs> You know, so, yeah, and look what happened. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but anyway, uh, but like, I I I go back and I watch some of the nitros now, and it's almost like watching, like the first hour or two hours was basically like watching a WWF superstars or a WWF main event or something like that, like back in the day, where all you saw was, you know, Mister Perfect versus Joe Blow. And Mr. Perfect got rid of the guy in, like, six moves, you yeah. know? And th- that was basically WCW's Nitro when it first started out for, like, the first hour. And then, like, the last hour was, like, actually superstars versus superstars. Yeah. So I'm, I was, like, you know, I'm watching all these things, and I'm like, wow, you know. They kind of combined what WWF was already doing into what they changed into a little bit, you know, and they were kind of mixing back and forth and everything. But they didn't really have a winning formula right off the bat to beat WWF. So, well, and that, and until the NWO came along, and then your show, the show kind of <clears throat> came became open with the NWO. The mid card on WCW during that time was absolutely fantastic because that's when you had Benoit, Malenko, Jericho, Mysterio, Guerrero, Mysterio, yeah. all those guys. And then the show would finish with the NWO, and you know that was that was a great time for wrestling. Um, and if uh, before the Attitude Era, WWE was still doing the over-the-top cartoon characters. You know, you had your Papa Shango's, Ultimate Warrior, uh, Hulk Hogan when he's still doing his All-American thing, mm-hmm. Lex Luger. Yep. You know, as he's tied, wrestling needed a change. And when you look at it, ECW, was really the catalyst for them to become this more attitude. You know, edgy. Edgy TV, physical matches, the hardcore title came along. And that hardcore title changed a lot of things because people wanted to start, you know, they're appeasing that 18 to 35 demo demographic. And, you know, they started beating the hell out of each other. Mick Mick Foley, big star of the Attitude Era, came in and was putting his body on the line. That Hell in a Cell match between Undertaker getting thrown 40 feet. (laughs) Do you remember that, Kyle? I do. Oh man, that's that's. <laughs> what's crazy is that wasn't the bump that hurt him the most in the yeah. match. It was the second one going <laughs> through a cage and landing on a mat, and having yeah. the chair follow him down and knock his tooth through his nose. <laughs> Let me ask you something. Like when when could where did where was ECW back in the day? Like where could you find it? Was it like on a on a WB or something? They like had it on uh, the Nash the National. No, was it Nashville that, Network or before was that it? it was syndicated? So. Was it? Yeah, it was based out of Philadelphia, so it was probably if you wanted to catch their first step onto cable was on TNN. I n- yeah, yeah, national. So. Oh, okay. But they 
they you know if you caught it it was probably on some bum network at one o'clock in the morning you know, yeah, they and had the craziest thing is like you find out later on the ECW documentaries that Vince McMahon was actually funding them, and in, in most of the time, yeah, in most yeah. In most ways, shape and form, so that he could like farm out talent and stuff like that from them, mm. right? Um, so. And you know, they got their big break when they started getting pay per views, which almost got screwed up because of we talked about it a couple weeks ago with um, uh, who was that wrestler? Why can't I think? New Jack beating the hell out yeah. of that kid, yeah. yeah. And not figuring it out as a kid, and everyone thought ECW was real at the time, and it yeah. was crazy stuff. But then, but that really influenced the Attitude Era because you started getting like Undertaker's character became way ampli- ampli- I can't even say that word. <laughs> amplified. Amplified during the Attitude Era. You know, he started becoming more of the dark cult leader, like the the, the, the minist- ministry. The ministry scared ministry, the shit yeah. out of me. <laughs> like that live sacrifice with. Uh, <laughs> Which one? Midian. Midian. <laughs> okay. Yeah, the actual one they actually okay. did where, yeah, crazy stuff. I actually, I never liked The Undertaker because of that stuff. I was, <laughs> I was never to that, that like, dark occult kind of shit. And if, for me, it was like, no, it's weird. He's a weird wrestler. Like, him and Kane, like, you guys go do your thing, and, uh, you know, I'll be over here and, mm-hmm. you know, watch the more straightforward. It always kind of turned me off to him. And then now he's he's one of the greatest of all time, if not the greatest of all time. Yep. Um yeah, it's I don't know that that whole thing in there, but it was still cool. I mean, it was still cool to see, especially like the sacrifice and the coffins that you know coming out of the coffins and and just his you know, entrance, people alive. Yeah, yeah, the entrance, that twenty minute entrance with druids <laughs> and he's already started his walk down for the next pay per view. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know that was one thing to me that defined the Attitude Era was all the stables you had. You had Dinner Degeneration X. You had um, for a while. You had uh, the Heart Foundation. You had the Nation of Domination. The Nation of Domination. The Corporation. Corporation. The Ministry. The Corporate Ministry. Mm-hmm. And the Corporate Ministry was when that all started going downhill because I didn't like the reveal as bits of Vince McMahon right. being the higher power. Like, so you did all this shit to torture your own daughter. That doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But okay, sure, yeah. fine, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But it is. Hey, it's wrestling. <laughs> Looking back on it now, though, not surprised at all. Yeah, really. <laughs> you know, Vince McMahon blew himself up in a car, and we're surprised that he tortured his own daughter. Yeah. <laughs> is, uh, let's. I got a little bit of a wiki here, and uh, it's it starts as uh, debuts first and departures and stuff like that. Let's see. It's June twenty third, nineteen ninety six. Stone Cold Steve Austin defeats Jake Snake Roberts, King of the Ring. With, and then the Austin 316 promo follows. And then the next night, yeah, you had Austin 316 signs all over the arena. And the next thing I got is uh, November 4th, 1996, the infamous Pillman's Got a Gun sketch. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh. The loose cannon. Yeah. Please tell me you remember that one, Kyle. I No, that was before my time. Oh, was it? Okay, so. Yeah, it was. Stone Cold, Steve Austin, and Brian Pillman, they used to be tag team partners. And when they got to WCW, they kind of turned on each other. And uh, one one moment, they they were interviewing Brian Pillman at his house, and Stone Cold tries to break in, and Brian Pillman pulls out a gun. And he you hear he's got a gun, he's got a gun, and like the TV goes to snow. You don't it it just yeah. And yeah, it looked like we all thought like you wanted to watch next week because like did Stone Cold get shot? Yeah, did, look at the news. Like, oh my god, craziness. Yep. 
<laughs> and then uh, let's see, March tenth, nineteen ninety-seven, WWF introduces Raw as Raw is War. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Mm. And now, March twenty-third, nineteen ninety-seven, at WrestleMania thirteen, Bret Hart beats Stone Cold Steve Austin in a critically acclaimed submission match, with Hart being jeered by fans despite being a top face. Now, what was one of the, some of the first matches you uh, remember watching, Kyle, when you started coming <laughs> over to the dark side? I've of been trying to think wrestling? this like the entire time. Like, um, I. <laughs> I don't know. It was kind of it was kind of a thing, right? That I turned on just to be like, yeah, if my friends are watching, I might as well just watch. And actually, actually, you know what? Now, now that I think about it, it was when SmackDown came along because uh, I played video games throughout the, my entire um, you know childhood, and SmackDown was on UPN, which was Channel Four. So you turn yep. the video game off on Channel Four. There's SmackDown, so you're like, I might as well just watch this, and. That's kind of when I got into it. I think one of the first ones I ever watched was it was uh, I think the Big Boss Man had just won the European Championship, um, and he was on SmackDown. That I want to say that's what that's what it was. And there was like a there was a um, a controversy. Something something was happening, but I, I do remember like uh, you know they were really putting the Big Boss Man over. And uh, now was that when he was he started coming out in like the SWAT gear? That's when he came out started coming out in the SWAT gear. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah man. He, he and he come back from. WCW, where he went over for a while, and he was started calling himself Wayne Trailer, or something like that. Yeah. He, he Ray, went Ray going, Trailer, Ray, Ray Trailer. Trailer. He was Ray, Ray Trailer. Trailer. He was the Guardian Angel. He was the <laughs> boss. He was like six different things in WCW it because that's how WCW worked. Yeah, they try to get that? get as more ridiculous as possible. <laughs> Speaking of ridiculous, <laughs> that was that time he was feuding with. Was it Al Snow? Yes. Where he ate his dog? Oh my God! Oh, that's right. <laughs> oh my God! I don't he even remember. Like you never hear it, but it's like, oh my God, that's right. That cra- that guy was he was he was a pr- thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the other rem- angle I can remember from Big Boss Man doing was with the Big Show, and he called started calling him a big goofy bastard. Yeah. And like drug his like attached his dad's casket to his cop car. Yeah, he showed up at Big Show's father's funeral. Yeah, and drug his casket away from the gravesite. With with Big Show <laughs> on the casket. With Big Show on the <laughs> casket. I do remember that, yes. I was like, what? who's writing this shit? <laughs> Big Show agreed to do it. Yeah, Vince Russo was writing oh that God. shit. That's Okay, well, on the timeline here. Uh, next thing we got, Aust- August 3rd, 1997, <laughs> SummerSlam. Austin and Owen Hart faced each other for Owen Hart's WWF Intercontinental Championship. That was the one where I believe that's the one where he got injured. Is it? Which one? SummerSlam, Austin versus Owen Hart. Owen Hart. When he did the botch pile driver. Yeah, legitimate broken neck and temporary paralysis for Austin. Yep. Yes, see, I didn't know this that now. Uh, I just heard this recently, but only uh, um, – who is it? The Undertaker and uh, who's the other guy that can who's allowed to do the pile driver anymore? Uh, t- Kane will do a tombstone. Every I think it's so Kane, yeah. but like there's only it's only like I heard. I, I don't know if you guys can confirm if this is true or not, but it's it's only limited to two um, to two wrestlers at, at this point. Uh, for everybody else, it's kind of like it's yeah hmm. they they've gotten away from moves around the. All the moves around the head, head or neck, and shoulders. Head, 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 they yeah. try to stay away from the head as Orton, much as possible. You know, Orton doesn't do his punt anymore. Seth yeah. Rollins doesn't do the curb stomp. Um, you don't do anyone. Kevin Owens is the only one that really does a power power bomb these days, right? And he doesn't even yeah, really do a power much. bomb. It's kind of a flip power bomb. <laughs> yeah. Really. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 
Kevin Nash tore his quad trying to do a power bomb <laughs> and no. answering the phone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, next on the timeline, we got August eighteenth, nineteen ninety-seven. Rocky Meyer of the Year returns after being sidelined with a torn ACL for three months, interfering in a match on Farouk's behalf and joining the Nation the of nation. Domination. And the, that was that instant. The nation of domination got so much better. Turned heel for the first time and began referring to himself as the Rock. That was the the beginning Ooh. of the end for him, man. Because he's he he shot to megastardom when they finally said, "Here's a microphone. Go say whatever the hell you want." Yeah. To. Okay. <laughs> now, see, I, this is also before my time. So, I I read his book like back in the day, but I I didn't actually ever watch. His matches, when he, like his early matches. So was it was was he kind of silenced or was he kind of like a uh, a? He was down? a goody two shoes, like just you know, like he, happy to be there. Yeah, always come uh, out smiling. And he had the goofiest haircut you've ever seen in <laughs> like, your entire life. He had a he had a haircut that basically looked like broccoli. No, 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 like no, I had no, a broccoli. No, no, no. no, no. Like Bruno Mars is pulling off now. He, if you if you look at look at find a pineapple. Yeah, <laughs> that's what the Rock's head looked like. Exactly, like a pineapple. But yeah, he had to come out there, and he was told to smile all the time. You know, they kept and they kept billing him as a second ge- or third generation, third generation, the first third mm-hmm. generation yeah. superstar. And he couldn't. And his 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 finisher was a shoulder breaker. It was yeah. like the, the yeah, it was a tombstone pile driver looking thing, but it was a shoulder breaker. He he basically dropped him on his knee instead of dropping him on their head. You know, it was weird. Yeah, he looked so much different. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, like I saw a picture a long time ago, some meme, and it meme, meme, whatever the hell, you, how, however you hell it's a meme. Um, <laughs> they they had a picture of the Rock from like ten years ago, and a picture from Rock now, and it says only the Rock can make the Rock look like a pussy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> exactly. Now he's just he's a he's a monster. He's, he's a beast now. He's yeah, an man. absolute beast now. And it like, and he can still go. I thought his last couple matches he had in the WWE yeah. were good matches and very high profile. He's a world champion again. I mean, all right. But Next, the- see that promo video? Like, uh, it, it came out not not that long ago. Not that long ago. I think it was. It might have been for SummerSlam or for something where they showed like the Brock Lesnar training montage and then the Rock training montage. Yes, yes. Like the the different kind of tra- it, that was like one of the most incredible training videos I've ever seen. Like to watch the like how Lesnar like works out with these giant logs. And yeah. Just, like list and throws these logs and then the rock is like he's got these towels that he's like doing pull-ups on for grip strength yep oh man that was an incredible video that was very very intense is that how you work out kyle yeah yeah sometimes actually i thought about that i guess i thought about doing the whole grip strength towel thing that's a hard shit to do man oh yeah oh yeah imagine how big he is and he's doing that like easily with those towels i've actually done that with p90x and after doing about a month or two of p90x it's not that bad but if you try to do it starting out holy crap (laughs) tear something oh yeah yeah. Uh, we got uh, September 22nd, 1997. Raw is War. Vince McMahon receives his first Stone Cold Stunner. From now Stone Cold it was Steve the Austin. ugliest oh, <laughs> stunner absolute ever. absolute ugliest stunner you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> and they show it on everything. Yes. This marks the beginning of the Austin McMahon feud. Yeah. that And, like, the best thing about that is, like, who doesn't want to do that to their boss? Oh, yeah. Well, Mike may not yeah. want to because his boss is his dad. <laughs> okay, yeah. He may yeah. still want to do it. <laughs> but like depending on the day. You know, Stone Cold started rec- re- representing, I can't talk tonight. I started representing like the common man, that blue collar worker. Yep. Right. He was yeah. it was, you know, 
he was doing what everybody else wanted to do, you know, but they, all they could do was think about doing it. So. And I think like that, that is the very beginning of like the WWE touching a lot of different demographics and like, kind of like not even knowing, maybe they, maybe it was intentional, maybe it wasn't, but you know, just by way of their, their talent, being able to connect and reach with so many different people, so many, so many diverse and different people. Mm-hmm. All right. October the 5th, 1997, the Helena Cell match is introduced at Bad Blood in Your House featuring Undertaker, Undertaker and Shawn Michaels. Michaels. Kane debuts yep. and tombstones Undertaker, <coughs> causing Michaels to win a number one contenders match to face the WWF champion at Survivor Series. That was a hellacious. Actually, we've got two. We've got two bullet points here for October fifth, nineteen ninety-seven. That was when Brian Pillman was also found dead in a hotel room in Bloomington, Minnesota, which he was originally supposed to face due to love in a match. The cause of Pillman's death was later uh, caused by drugs, wasn't it? Undetected heart condition. It's always drugs. Arteriosclerotic heart disease. Huh. I I always well is. In the long run, it's probably due to drugs. It's if any yeah. if any guy if any of those guys have heart conditions or anything, it's definitely because they previously used steroids. Yes, right. Yes. So you know, and that was that. That's what's so heartbreaking about people like Eddie Guerrero, because he had gotten clean and yeah. he was restarting his while. life yeah. and stuff. That's what kills me about people like <laughs> Eddie Guerrero and the like, like that. You know. So, but because uh, it hit him out of nowhere. It, yeah, I mean, they said when they found him, he still had his toothbrush yeah. in his mouth. He was brushing his teeth. Yeah, died right there. Man, so. that is. Uh, let's see. October. But that, but that Hell in a Cell match. I mean that the Hell that, in a that Cell started match. Yeah. The Hell in a Cell. Yeah. You know the debut of Kane, which had been rumored for a while, and then that started the whole feud between and him Kane, and Undertaker. Kane's a Memphis alumni. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he was found. He was found by our good friend Bruno. Really, downtown oh. Bruno hmm. discovered him. Now, when he first came into the WWE. I remember him as Isaac Yankum DDS. He was Jerry the King Lawler's Lawler. dentist. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. See, yeah. I was going to ask you that. Like, so was he? What, like, he he wasn't always known as Kane, right? No, 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 no. he's done several. <laughs> now, he, he was fake Diesel. He was fake Diesel. Yes, he was. <laughs> he was fake Diesel. It, it's it's amazing how many like different characters you can go through before you finally find that one that s- sticks. Like. Have you heard the story, Kyle, of how Stone Cold Steve Austin got his nickname? No. All right. So um, they had several. Like he he saw this thing about some serial killer that was getting getting electrocuted, and part of his name was what was it? The Ice Man or something? Ice Dagger? Or something no, no, no. Like? The the guy, the serial killer. They nicknamed him Ice Man or something. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Ice Man. Yeah. Like the actual guy from New York. Yeah, yeah. 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 So Stone Cold got it, and he's talking to the guys with the WWE, and they're like. He's like, I, I, I want to have some a character that's like this guy. You know, he's going to be cold and menacing. And Ooh. they come up with these names, and some of them are like Fang McFrost. <laughs> Fang McFrost is the big one. <laughs> and 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 I and uh, I think Ice Dagger, yeah, or something like that. Yeah, but Ice Dagger, and like, there was a, there was a couple of like just really screwed up ones. It was hilarious though. He's like, and and to hear him tell the story, he's just like. They're shooting me all these names. It's the worst names I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> so so it com- when it comes down to it, he's sitting and I think he's about to have dinner with someone or coffee or something like that. He was with his wife at the time. Yeah, and she said, well, you better hurry up and eat that before it goes stone cold. And it just clicked. Ooh. <laughs> and, and, and 
Yeah, that's 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 the birth of Stone Cold Steve Austin. Just a random that's a great story. <laughs> I, I I had no idea that so many lame nicknames. Like so, those were actually names assigned to him back yeah. in the day. Well, no, they up. were they were shooting him names, you know, because that's God. that's basically the the whole process is back in the day it was like. You know, they would shoot the guys' names, and the guys would pick a name out basically and be that name and everything. And they're just like, right. you know, he they shot him a bunch of names, and it was just like total crap. Could you imagine <laughs> though, if like if one of those he took one of those names and like his gimmick was like all icy, like like he comes out in like a blue suit, and, you know, like a frost, making all these ice puns, like uh, Mister Freeze and Batman. Now WCW actually had a guy named Glacier. <laughs> Glacier, yeah, who looked like Sub Zero. He looked like Sub Zero from Mortal Kombat, exactly <laughs> like him. Jesus Christ. And, and he would come out and do these big, extravagant martial arts entrances. And, with the, and what the funniest thing was is, like, um, he he they were they were running video packages saying, oh, next week Glacier debuts. And, I mean, they were running <laughs> video package after video package of him week after week. It was like he for comes two out, or three months. Yeah. And he comes out and he debuts and Scott Hall or somebody comes out there and destroys him in, like, <laughs> 60 seconds or something. It's an, and then, you know, the NWO guys just roll right over him, you know. It's a, it was it was a, it was hilarious because you were like oh this is Glacier man this is cool and it was like NWO got a hold of him and just killed him in like two seconds <laughs> which <laughs> doesn't surprise me because that's what the NWO did. Mm-hmm. What's yeah. the next milestone? Let's see here. We've got October thirteenth, nineteen ninety seven. The initial group of Shawn Michaels, Triple H, Rick Rude, and China birthed their group named Degeneration X on Raw. Ooh, Lordy, Degeneration X man, that's. I, one of my favorite promos they did was b- they Triple H got on and he said he did this like big press conference and he was like we're only going to use ass damn and hell between these hours yeah we will however use boop 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 <laughs> boop, boop boop and the unedited version is yeah. so much better oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and th- and that was because USA had got had sent them a letter telling them that they couldn't do most of the stuff that they were doing yeah. And then there was, there was something about, um, as far as the jokes go, there will be less penis references. And Shawn Michaels is sitting next to me. Ah, shit. <laughs> Jesus, Shawn. He's like, watch your fucking mouth. God damn it. <laughs> that was great. Uh, oh, man. I, I love I loved Degeneration X. Um, did you now? I really liked them once, once the New Age Outlaws joined. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like what once I mean I know that was after Shawn Michaels, but I really think that was that was my favorite, you know, version of DX. Well they did have that crazy moment of um driving to invading WCW basically yeah. Yeah. driving because they yes. were in the same city that night. Do you remember that, Kyle? Were you No, wait, so that was a, so like like explain that to me. What happened? Okay. So Raw and Nitro were in were recording the same night. In the same city, mm-hmm. in two different arenas. It was yep. in Hampton, Virginia, and or Norfolk. Both of them were, yeah. And um, tr- the WWE decided, like, hey, let's put Degenerate Generation X in like this army vehicle, and they drove to WCW and started driving. Around. They tried to drive into the arena. They wouldn't let them in. And this this was actually only a one segment of a part of like series they did because uh, this part. They went to the arena because they were just like a couple of miles away. You yeah. know, they were just like you know, just right down the street from them, running nitro. You know, so they said, "All right, 
You know, let's go hop in, let's hop this army truck and, you know, go and act like we're invading WCW, you know. So and this wasn't like a planned thing. Like they, like, two, like two executives from, from each didn't get, get together. Like, hey, why don't, why don't we do this? And like, it'll be fine. No, WWE, no. they planned this whole thing out. And WCW said, had no idea. WCW had no idea. And they were like doing everything they could. They were locking doors, dropping the back door See, down and everything to keep them out. It was hilarious. That is awesome. Two multi-million dollar companies just like bickering, bickering like children. Of yep. like, we're going to go to your house and move in our car and, oh, you'll see. You'll see. Well, mm-hmm. and I love that. Eric Bischoff during the Monday Night Wars was kind of a, was very, he was an asshole. Yes. Like, he <laughs> oh, would, yeah. He would, oh, was he? When Raw would go, was Raw back in the day was preempted. Mm-hmm. And it, uh, it was live every other week. Yeah. yeah. So on those weeks when it wasn't live, Eric Bischoff would give out the results live three minutes before Raw would go on the air. Really? Yep. <laughs> wow. I mean, they yep. would just give that, the rundown. You know, it, Mankind it, it, wins it, tonight, Stone is, Cold beats so-and-so. What's so funny about that was, though, in the end, the last time they did it, it came back to bite him because every, he gave away that Mankind, Mick Foley, was going to win the WWF title. And they were and they were making fun of it, you know. Tony Schiavone was literally saying, "Oh, that's going to put some butts in seats, isn't it?" Everybody changed the channel. Every single person who was watching WCW changed the channel to WWF, and they knew it because the ratings dropped like a rock the last fifteen minutes that Nitro was on the air. And, and it was like the last time they did that. That was the last time they did it. Well, and it was the last like, time they led in the ratings. Yeah. And, well, and the, you know what else happened that night? During that episode, yeah, that was the finger poke of doom. <clears throat> oh, the where Hogan came out and got or poked uh, Nash and pinned him. Yep, the yeah. the, the two most destructive things <laughs> to, that killed WCW happened on the same night due to their own ignorance. Wait, so, uh, speaking, wait, wait, so, okay, I, like I had I had no idea. I just I thought that it kind of came, which I'm sure a portion of it did came naturally through just um, the WWE putting out a better product, but. Uh, I wasn't aware that they were going out and reading the results before a, a live show. It was a battle. Like, what's the? It was a what's battle. The poke? What's the ping, uh, the finger poke? All right, so <laughs> one night I gotta on. Know. I, I You've missed no so idea. much, man. You gotta catch up, man. <laughs> my mind, I had no idea. Um, all right, so Hogan and Nash were supposed to have a match for the world title that night. Nash was the defending champion, and the NWO... They, they were no longer right. you know, NWO partners anymore. They're, the NWO right. had split. There was the NWO Red and Black, the Wolfpack, versus NWO Hollywood. NWO Hollywood. White, and then there was white like, and Black. Yeah. And then there was like six other people that were WCW. Yes. So <laughs> they had this match, and it was built up like it was going to be this big thing. So they get in the ring. They get in each other's faces. Hogan rears back like he's going to throw a punch, and he pokes... Kevin Nash right in the chest. One finger. And Kevin Nash sold it like he had just been hit by a cannonball. And <laughs> took Kevin, he pinned Kevin Nash, and it was just, it was the beginning of the end because people got tired of it. Yeah. Right. They didn't want to see Hulk Hogan as the top guy anymore because, I mean, by this time, he, I mean, it was just stupid. It was mm-hmm. the end of, there's, the inmates were running the asylum by this time in WCW, and that's what killed it. That's a lot of the stuff that killed it. All right, and the so, two biggest speaking, events. Speaking of, destructive. I mean, they were, play, they were playing to like the to the back to backstage. You know, they were playing to the other guys, the other wrestlers. It was like, oh man, that was hilarious. You see how he sold it, but like to the fans, are like, you know, Jesus Christ, can we take this seriously? Is that kind of like the the the, you know, the the thinking at the time? Well, WCW thought that they would get the edge over WWF by admitting everything was fake. 
you uh, know, and then mm-hmm. start working everything as a shoot slash fake story slash whatever, you know. Yeah. So I mean, it was the it was the beginning of the end for them because I mean, even they even did it to Goldberg. I mean, they. They, the, cat, you know, the, the way they ended that streak really pissed me off. They, they, <laughs> they had they had him get hit with a shock stick to end his winning streak. The cattle pride. Yeah, right. and then like he, they book him where he's supposed to lose, and he basically walks out of the match. Like right in the middle of the <laughs> match, he walks out of the match, you know, and acts like he's not going to put over Kevin Nash or whatever. And that was like working into a shoot, you know. So it was like. They were back and forth all over the page about where they wanted to go and what direction they were going in and everything. So, you know, it was like Derek said, the inmates were running the asylum, and it was not cool. Kevin Nash was booking everything. Yeah. And, you know, this guy this guy that pretty much ruined, along with Hulk Hogan and the rest of the NWO, Kevin Nash had the audacity to say that when Chris Benoit and Eddie Guerrero hugged in the middle of the ring after WrestleMania was the death of the... He called them vanilla midgets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And he said mm-hmm. it was the death of professional wrestling. Like, brother, you pre- you had a big part in it yourself, too. Yeah, there, big, big <laughs> yeah man. Kevin, di- didn't Kevin Nash kill uh, TNA as well? Or, or he was on their booking it, committee it, at one time. Yeah. You have to be alive for it to ki- for it to die. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true. I remember it was getting a lot of buzz. I mean, I like you know back when Jeff Jarrett was running it, it was all right. But once Dixie Carter took over, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and. That's what I hear. All right. Well, back to our timeline and speaking of destructive forces, November 9th, 1997, the infamous Montreal screw job. Man, that you know that crazy. What can, what there's can not much that more that there's <laughs> not much more you could say other than that cuz I mean pretty much everything has been said about the Montreal screw job that could pretty much be said. Now, were you watching there's, by then, Kyle? No, I, I wasn't. I'll, I'll be perfectly honest. I wasn't. Okay. But All right. Well, let me read this to you, and that will well, give no, you the actually, Reader's Digest I, of what's uh, happening here. I do know a lot about this because uh, oh, Radio okay. Lab, the, the podcast from NPR, did a an entire podcast, or at least half of a podcast, on the Montreal sc- Screwjob. Oh. Uh, which is a great – you should check it out. It's, yeah. it's, um, it's a, one I'm of the more recent ones. I'm going to look that ones. one up. Yeah. And uh, uh, they do a good they, – they, I don't think they get Hart to interview um, – but they kind of pull some old interviews, and, and they maybe maybe they did get heart. Um, but no. yeah, I do know a lot about this just by virtue of listening to the uh, that podcast and then mm-hmm. going back and kind of like reading up on the Montreal screw, screw job. And there's also a documentary you can watch called um, Wrestling with Shadows, and it was it followed Bret Hart around that whole area when he was. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and it, it was an extremely good mm-hmm. documentary. It showed Vince McMahon walking out after Bret Hart punched him in the face. You could see. McMahon had a little swell under the eye. I think uh, Bret Hart spit on him. Now yeah. there's a there's a little side note here too, and these were my favorite WWF promos. The WWF scratch logo makes its official debut with the try lacing my boots promo, mm-hmm. with the ones mm-hmm. where they were going into all what all they had done, uh, being athletes before they got into professional wrestling and everything, and all the injuries that occurred when they were in professional wrestling and stuff, and just back and forth between Michaels and. Stone Cold and everything, and, you know, I I always thought those were some really cool promos. Uh, next up, November 17th, 1997. In response to the wrestling world's outrage at Bret Hart's departure, Vince McMahon is interviewed by Jim Ross in his first interview since the Montreal Screwjob on Raw's War. 
Vince's announces regret of the situation that led to Brett leaving, but finishes the interview with the quote, Brett. Brett screwed Brett. Brett. I have no sympathy whatsoever for Brett. Man, and that's that was kind of the birth of the Mr. McMahon character. Mm-hmm. And he started getting involved with And the, the Mr. Lines. McMahon character actually debuted here in Memphis, yes, if you that, remember. Yeah, I do actually remember that. Yes. He, would come, he, he came and, and uh, feuded with Jerry Lawler and acted like, hey, we're the big, uh, we're the big guys up north and we're going to take over Memphis and everything. And Mr. McMahon debuted his McMahon character here in Memphis, you know, sure. and even Pat Patterson was here with him yep. with Gerald Briscoe and everything and, as their stooges. And that stuff is on YouTube. Um, so Kyle, I, I highly yeah, recommend check that. I, I highly recommend checking check it, it out. out. Yeah, and uh, there's a if you um if you Google USWA, there's a ton of good content. Yeah, on YouTube. But man, that Mr. McMahon character, I mean, it, it goes back to like sometimes it reminds us of our boss, this egotistical prick that thinks <laughs> yeah. he can do anything he wants to, gets under your skin. Mr. McMahon was a great heel, and he was great on the mic. You know, all those years of broadcasting. Yeah, I mean, he could cut some promos and. You know, when you're the boss and you can do whatever the hell you want, even take the worst stunner and be told like, "Oh yeah, that was awesome, man." <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's just like he's just the perfect kind of guy you can just to, to put in a suit, comb his hair over, and then have him go out there and say some some crazy shit. And it's and it's it's uh, you know, it makes you mad. You don't work for the guy, but you're just like, you motherfucker. Like that. I I like that's always probably been one of my my favorite characters was Mr. McMahon. I mean, I like call me crazy, but it's it's just the like the the hate that he makes you feel for him is is real. You're like, fuck this guy. Like this is. I'm giving it. Let me out. Let me in the ring right now. I'm gonna go in. The, I'm going. To, where's Raw's War next? I'm going there. I'm gonna get in the ring. <laughs> well, there, it was. I, I got a really funny story with that. With that in mind, is like uh, I would. I would get under people's skins in Ripley, Tennessee. You know, the mecca. Ripley, <laughs> mecca, Tennessee. the Rip, Ripley, Tennessee, the mecca of all. We're probably the West, like in the mid south. No, <laughs> if anything happens, it happens in Ripley, Tennessee, on a Saturday night in the wrestling ring. <laughs> yeah, uh, but anyway, I'm uh, so I'm wrestling on Ripley right on my heel. And, like, I get this guy so pissed off in the crowd that he's about to jump in the ring, and security gets him and throws him out of the building. Bill Dundee's there that night, right? <laughs> Bill Dundee goes out front of the building and starts talking to the guy. He's like, hey, why are you trying to jump in the ring? Oh, that guy just made me so angry I couldn't. I had to just jump in the ring and everything. Bill literally goes, well, that guy did his job then. <laughs> he goes, can you, can you stay in your seat and behave? And he goes, yeah. He goes, well, get back in the building then. And, you know, you paid you paid to see a wrestling show tonight. Just sit there and watch the wrestling show. Don't go get involved. And the guy did. He walked right back in. He sat on the front row and he watched the rest of the wrestling show. Well, and, you know, back in the original days, you went to a wrestling show. You went to boo. You went to see the heels to boo them. Yeah. And to get their ass kicked, you wanted to see people like Owen Hart. He was one of the greatest heels of all time because I could not stop watching him get his ass kicked because he was so irritating. Yeah. He got underneath my skin so bad that it was not even funny. And he didn't have to do much to do it. He just... I got to where I couldn't even watch Owen as a face sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't watch him as a face or a heel, you know, because it's just like I had that memory of he be- him being in there as a heel, you know, and it just burned into my brain after a while, I guess, and I was just like, oh, Owen, I hate him still. <laughs> but it was like he, looking at him technically, he had, he had great matches. He had awesome matches. But it was just like, ah, it was just burned into my brain as a heel, and I couldn't get past that for some reason. 
that yeah it, and then when the Hart Foundation came along I thought that was great because those were the only guys that were getting booed in America yet when they're in Canada they were <laughs> heroes oh god and, yeah and it, it was just it was so cool Bret Bret Hart is going to be always going to be on my list of top 5 top 3 maybe pro wrestlers he could cut a promo his match the, his matches he had some of the best matches mm-hmm. ever yeah crisp crisp you know on point you know, he, and psychologically, he was smart too. What were you saying? Back to our timeline. Uh, the next thing I got on here is December fifteenth, nineteen ninety-seven. Vince McMahon for- formerly introduces a new era of WWF programming in a tape message on Raw is War. Raw and Warzone are the cures for the common show. Was the quote that comes out of this one? All right. I guess that was his videotape where he's you know he's telling everybody we're going to cut loose and let everybody be- do what they want to do. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, March 2nd, 1998, the first official appearance of the WWF Attitude logo on Raw's War is broadcast. Attitude signs and logos are added to the set as well as the new Scratch logo underneath the Titan Tron where the wrestlers enter. Several variations of the new logo are introduced within the year. And, and, and around this time, it was when they lost. When did they lose the um, court case to the World Wildlife Federation? That was a couple uh, years that wasn't later. Even until that was a couple years yeah, oh, okay. Yeah. okay. When they started doing the whole get the F out. Yeah. yeah. That was know, a great yeah, was Everybody was afraid that they were going to put pandas in a wrestling ring. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> who, I mean, who wouldn't? Yeah, really. Yeah. <laughs> they you know, do it in video games. Why not? <laughs> you know, they back in the day. You know, a big part of wrestling shows was your biggest guy wrestling a bear. Why not? Yeah. Why, why not let some couple pandas get in there and duke it out for a little bit? I take a yeah. bear. My my mentor Ken Wayne. <laughs> my mentor Ken Wayne actually wrestled a bear in Puerto Rico on several occasions. Yeah, it was a trained bear. You know. <laughs> But and it's hands. still a bear. It's well, still a bear. bear. <laughs> he just he he decided he wasn't hungry enough that night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we are going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is the Oversell Podcast. This is professional wrestling legend downtown Bruno, who is privileged enough to be on the Oversell Podcast. <laughs> To the Oversell Podcast. Be sure you're following us on Twitter. We are at Oversell Podcast. I am at Shropenuts, S-C-H-R-O-E-P-N-U-T-S. I am at One Dangerous Dan, all spelled out. At WolfMike23. Kyle? You can find me at Kyle, K-Y-L-E-W-O-T-B. And you're also at, you guys are at Shark Dropper Studios? Yeah, you can find uh, us at, at Shark Dropper. That's where you can find all of our other podcasts. Great. A ton of them. So uh, before we get back to the Attitude Era talk, there's a couple of big recent um, stories I want to talk about. And it's great we got Kyle on because he can get add that kind of outsider's opinion on it. But uh, apparently Jimmy Snuka was arrested for third-degree murder of his girlfriend back in 1983. And, you know, it that's a crazy story. And they're kind of going into the whole – Starting to remove him from the annals of WWE history. <laughs> I just say it, it, it. The Ministry of Information just wiping it clean. Right. right. <laughs> what was the Adjustment Bureau is going in and, or the Men yeah. in Black are coming around with their uh, whatever the fuck they use. Memory erasing. Yeah. No, flashy the, pen thing. What was that shit called? Deneuralizer. Yeah, a neuralizer. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Men, in, men in Black are showing up. Uh. Anyway. Part of the talk is they're talking about removing Jimmy Snuka 
from the WWE Hall of Fame. Now, should the WWE do that? Is Ray Lewis going to the Pro Football Hall of Fame? More than likely. Yeah. Yeah, they keep him in then. Well, and it, my thought is, like, if they did that, wrestling's the only sport where people have bec- can become removed from the Hall of Fame. Because I don't remember anyone in the NFL ever being removed from it. Right. Uh, Pete Rose has not is not in the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame. So, and he I got I gotta say, Pete Rose has got a better chance of getting in the Hall of Fame by the day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, with all of the crap that everybody's doing, that's already in Hall of Fames and ever and various you know organizations and sports and everything. It's true. I mean, he's got a better chance of getting in the Hall of Fame by the minute. Well, like <laughs> um, me, Kyle, and our buddy George in the chat room. We're all Bucks fans. Warren Sapp's in the in the not the WWE Hall of Fame. WWE Hall of Fame. Holy yeah. crap! Yeah, <laughs> he had a hellacious tag match with Mark Henry. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> um, Warren Sapp, you know, and he's gotten in trouble with the uh, what was it? Prostitution, right? Yeah, he, he uh, hit a prostitute amongst just other things. I'm sure. What's wrong with hitting a prostitute? <laughs> <laughs> Snooka has already been removed, George tells me. So, yes, they have removed Jimmy Snooka from the WWE Hall of Fame. Wow. wow. And so. And they're, I actually read they're actually talking about doing the same thing with Sonny because what she's doing now. So, so Warren Sapp can buy a prostitute so and then you punch do that? her in the you face. You call him and be like, yeah, we want the ring back. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so wait. Oh, what geez. evidence came out that they that they could arrest him on third degree murder? I mean, what? I mean. I'm not. I'm trying to read as I'm as I'm listening to you guys of like the the actual case. Like, what did they discover that that justified the arrest? Uh, I'm kind of I'm kind of uh, well, cliff note this cliff is, noting it myself here a little yeah. bit. And this is kind of this has kind of been like a um, at some point it may have been a tall tale behind or like a you know a big big rumor. For wrestling throughout years, they always. I know she died. She was killed. They they never really had it. I don't know what they got to um, pin it on Snuka, but it's always been wildly rumored that he had a hand in it, and that Vince McMahon may have had a hand in covering it up. Which let's hope that part isn't true because if wrestling ever had a major, major, major burden like this, so it, I don't know if they could recover from it. Most I can find right now, his assaultive acts and his failure to act to obtain medical attention resulted in her death. Yeah, I think. Oh yeah, I mean he's got to be guilty of this. For let's see, beat her in a hotel room in Syracuse, New York, in January of 1983, four months before her death. Yeah. So it was like uh, one of those things where he's he's directly responsible for injuring her to the point where she died later. Okay. But did they know, I wonder if they knew that at the time. They must have. I mean, they said like I'm reading here like it cons- like the it, the the cuts and the bruises were consistent with possible signs of maid abuse on her head, ear, chin, arms, back, and buttocks, legs, mm-hmm. and feet. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, they they must have. Man, that is. 
Because I mean, it's a cold case, so I mean, they never closed the case. Right. It was. It's always been and open this whole time. So. Yeah, and there's never a statute to, statute of limitations on murder. I don't yeah. believe. That's my knowledge I gained from watching the show CSI. Yeah. <laughs> there I think you go. maybe this maybe like the WWE taking him out of the Hall of Fame is is sort of uh, reflective upon like the NFL, the way that they're treating um, uh, folks that commit domestic violence, where they you know you're kind of persona non grata after that. Uh, <laughs> Maybe maybe this is stems a little bit from that because it's like you know a third degree murder, but you know the the biggest part of it is is like or well aside the fact that he might have killed her, but uh, he you know he beat her pretty savagely in order to to cause her to die. I mean I'm, I'm, that certainly wasn't his intention, but it's, it's what happened. So it's kind of like you know maybe if, I don't I don't know. It, I wonder. I wonder if it, it, this is like sort of reflective on on the way that domestic abuse cases are being handled now in sports. Yep. And uh, George just said no appealing the WWE. Mm. <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. not exactly an appeals board there, yeah. is there? <laughs> but now you got to wonder: judge. is this going to affect uh, Tamina in any way? Man, I, I, you don't. I hope she doesn't have to pay for the sins of her father, because. It's WWE. It is true. <laughs> it is that's that's extremely true. Um, I mean, it's not like she's doing a whole lot anyway. I mean, they're I'd, not really giving I'd her hate, any. Kind I'd of hate push, to see it, but I mean, there's really no getting around it. I mean, she's his daughter, yeah. so I mean, I mean, Tamina Snuka. I mean, they've capitalized on that name for so long. Yeah. I mean, oh. and you talk, and <laughs> Kyle. I don't know if you've heard me talk, but. Tamina Snooker was the only one that scared me when I went backstage. <laughs> she she's got a death grip of a hand. If you ever shake her hand, you will know what I'm talking about because it will feel like she's going to rip your arm off and beat you over the head with it. <laughs> so you're saying uh, it runs in the family? Yes. <laughs> oh man, that is horrible. Hey, uh, I'm just saying them Samoans are badass, dude. You don't mess with them, okay? No, you really don't. <laughs> Who was it? A heard stories of speaking of like crazy ass moans was it ming that would yes. like that everyone was he was the legit toughest guy in any locker room he like he was once in. i yeah. think he once like bit a dude's nose off or something mm-hmm. um, somebody else said he'd been maced and everything and it didn't affect him whatsoever they saw him like take on like six police officers or something and you know he was just throwing them off like they were freaking <laughs> bugs or something Damn Samoans, man. <laughs> I mean, just, just, he's one of the most nuts guys you know just insane i don't know what it is but them Samoans are nuts man yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm not gonna fuck with Samoan. i ain't gonna get in the back alley with one i can tell um, you that other quick news uh Seth Rollins' girlfriend, who I believe Seth Rollins <laughs> cheated on his fiance with, I think her that's, name is that's Zara. I think Zara. Zara. And like, I guess he got caught by his fiance sending dick pics to yeah. her, and she put the dick pics nice. on Twitter. Nice. Yeah, and he did. He didn't get in any trouble for it, because um, it was all her, <laughs> and his account was legitimately. I guess you could call it hacked. I yeah. did see a picture. It showed. Uh, I think at one point did they uh, at NXT Takeover did they put Rollins on the screen like he was watching from the crowd or something like that? Yeah, and I think she was there. And wasn't she, she was sitting right next to him. Yeah, and it was something like it showed Rollins and he wasn't really smiling. He was just kind of like a deer in the headlights. <laughs> like look. I don't and want it, you the camera on underneath. Me right now. Underneath the the picture, somebody wrote uh, it said something about uh, when the camera 
suddenly pans to you and you've got your side chick next to you. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just, it's got him as the deer in the headlight look and everything. Well, apparently she was released from the WWE and it was because she posted pictures of Nazi artwork on Twitter that she had in her house or something. Yeah, some people collect that shit and it's it's a, it's a weird fetish of some sort. I wouldn't even exactly call it a uh, collection habit. I think it's more of a fetish or something because it's just weird to collect stuff like that. This is seriously, this could only happen in professional wrestling. Yeah. Like that's the only You got that shit right. <laughs> seriously, this you can't that's just fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that's pretty much all I can tell I, you. That's, you know? that's I, that, I, This is just a taste of what I had to deal with when I was in the business. <laughs> well, Karma, or George put Karma sure bit her in the ass. Yeah. She got what she paid for there. I don't know. She got the gin sturger. I got nothing. That's I, 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 I what was yeah. she doing? Was she just like, hey, you know, like, was she posting a picture of her breakfast and then there's this Nazi memorabilia behind it? Or was she just <laughs> like, hey, check out my Hitler, you, you know, know if, wh- check out my Hitler poster. Well, for, <laughs> if I had to guess, what she was probably doing was taking some, you know, she probably had her selfie stick out and was taking selfies all over her house and in the background. You just see, like you said, a bunch of Nazi memorabilia. Like, why do you, even worse. Why do you have Hitler's uniform? Yeah. Really? Uh, some other another quick piece of news. Um, Leva Bates apparently has a little bit of heat on her yeah. from backstage uh, NXT Divas. Um, I think it's I think it's a non-story to me, and we're talking about it because it's pro wrestling. Kyle Leva Bates is widely known on the independent scene. She uh, does a lot of work in Florida down there. Uh, mm-hmm. She works for NXT. Some her name is. Blue pants. She is, what's that? And it seriously, she's blue pants because she wears blue pants. And the people fucking love this chick. Yeah. And she's got heat on her because apparently she, the NXT divas think that it's not fair that she gets to still work indie dates while still getting to work WWE dates, and that she doesn't get a, have to split merchandise money with the WWE and everything. And it just seems kind of catty to me. Hmm. You know, a lot of those chicks that are in there now don't have half the time Leva does in the business. No. So and they don't have the talent, half the talent that Leva does. I mean, this is just Samoa Joe's situation. You know, it, it pretty much she's pretty much just like a Samoa Joe. You know, Samoa Joe already has a brand. He already has a name. What part of that, you know... WWE, what what whatever part of that w- he signed away to WWE on trademark and all, I don't know, but he went out and he made a name for himself, mm-hmm. and they were offering him the money and the contracts and everything to come in. You know, it was his choice whether he wanted to or not for the longest time, because he had an open door to come to WWE just about any time he wanted to. Ever since he'd been on TNA. They well, had constantly Mick, been offering him contracts. Well, Mick Foley was trying to get him in, mm-hmm. but uh, I don't know the Vince. You know, Vince, you know how Vince is for talent. Yeah, they have to be. And I, I have to hand it to him for at least you know realizing that they can capitalize on a brand that's already there. Yeah, you know, they did it with Kevin Steen, Kevin Owens. Right. They did it. They did it with Samoa Joe. Now you know, <laughs> and you know they did it with CM Punk. They got burned on Punk. 
in my opinion, you know, Punk was an asshole, you know. He turned into a big giant asshole uh, with him and everything and, you know, left him high and dry. So, you know, it's it's good to see that they're finally doing business the way they are, you know, because they are at least acknowledging independent wrestling yeah. makes a difference. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, you know. Well, I mean, how do you not expect a character who's simply named Blue Pants to not get over? <laughs> <laughs> Especially in today, like, everyone already knows because of the internet who this chick is, and you're going to give her a name like Blue Pants. That's, for for geeks, that's, that's just... A lot of ammunition. <laughs> of course, a chick's gonna go out there and get over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, blue pants. <laughs> she is awesome. And she's got, she's gonna I be on the show next week. I loved all the uh, memes nice. that they created of Sting, and they kept calling him Borden Stevens. <laughs> 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 this is like that was gonna be his WWE name. <laughs> Borden Stevens is gonna be Sting's WWE name. <laughs> 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 I just killed Derek. <laughs> okay. Right. He's back. He's yeah, recovered. I'm. I'm fine. I'm fine. Hosting a great podcast. That's, <laughs> that's what I'm doing. This is like Steve Borden is actually Sting's real name, by the way, Kyle. So that's yeah. just it's it's funny because they they you know Daniel Bryan is actually Brian, Brian Danielson. Danielson. So I mean, <laughs> you know they they they've always like. You know, ever since they did that, they've always made fun of, you know, what everybody else's name would be at that point. Nice creativeness. Yeah. Good stuff. <laughs> uh, Kyle, what are some, when you start, tell us a little bit about when you started wrestling and what kind of char- what characters really stuck out to you and what all you loved. Man, who 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 better to stick out to, to somebody than it was The Rock, man. It was, it was, of course it was The Rock. Like, he was he was a lightning rod, and, and it's kind of, he was the guy that you had to, you had to watch. Um, I also like the the big show back in the day because I've always grown up like a big dude. I'm six foot five and, and I've always been the tallest guy in class. So the big show was always the, the guy that I liked. In fact, w- back when they when they released that album, that the album of the entrance songs, I think it was like the yeah. seventh album. Yeah, WWE the music or WWF the music. The music, yeah, it had volume yeah. one. WWF the music volume one. And uh you know, it had the uh, Mankind, The Rock, The Big Show, uh um, I think Triple H and D Generation X were on there as well. Um, so, I mean, just like the, the bigger guys and also like the, the crash hall hollies of the world and the, uh, the Al snows <laughs> for having, you know, for, you know, having head like the, you know, the, the, the little, the, the little head and being pulled off the shelves at Kmart. Like that, that to me was cool because it's like, it's, it's outside of the conventional, like, uh, machismo that you normally see in the WWE. It's 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 Al Snow. He's just this weird dude that sometimes he wins a match, and it's it's pretty awesome. <laughs> have you uh, seen Have you seen what they would do with him in ECW? No. Okay. So what they would do? They purchase like thousands and thousands of these mannequin heads, these styrofoam mannequin heads, and before yeah. Al Snow would come out and make his entrance, they would give them to everybody in the crowd. So that when the lights went off and they had all these. Uh, it looked it looked like a rave, and it was so cool looking because everyone had these styrofoam heads, and they're just head banging with them. And then Al Snow comes out, and it was just a big fucking party, and everyone was invited with their styrofoam heads. Man, <laughs> <laughs> highly recommend you look that up on YouTube. The, I, sh- I, I will. I will. Oh I will. man, he and Al Snow, man, was a great worker. Yeah, and, and he, he was a trainer for a while for them too. For yeah, a long he's a nice dude. Like I found out later when I watched. Uh, what did it, what was it called? Um, I just I mentioned it. Tough, tough enough. Tough enough. Tough enough. Yeah, when you watch Tough Enough, he's just he's a nice dude. He's just good, a good guy and a good trainer, and you know, kind of 
Well, he was, and he was completely 360 from his character that he plays. Well, and he was like, he was nice up to a point, but there's that one dude on the first season, Chris something or another, that like couldn't, they called him career killer because they knew he was going to get someone hurt if he kept on going. And at one point, he almost got Al hurt, and Al instantly put him in an arm bar. And you could tell he was putting a little extra torque in it because he was getting like so he drove the knee down into him. Right, he he would get it like you had a point. He had his point, and if you cross that point, Mm -hmm. I mean, you're he's a professional wrestler, so he knows how he is going to hurt you. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, but look up the ECW stuff, man. I promise you'll love seeing the uh, the the head stuff they would do. ECW, like George says in the chat room, ECW is so ahead of its time with things like that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yep. And who's to, who doesn't, like, whenever you see something crazy happens, like, who doesn't want to just sit there and go, ECW, ECW. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> no matter what it is. Yeah. Anytime there's something extreme that happens pretty well. Well, you know, and that wrestling, and that brings me to a good point. Like, wrestling chants are getting a little out of control. Like, I know fans should get, should get involved in the show like that, but don't get into the point where you're distracting the show, like doing waves and stuff like that. Like I mean, that I, Brooklyn crowd, yeah, on that Brooklyn Raw crowd a few weeks was, ago. Yeah, they were getting a little, little during the Divas match. They kind of crapped all over them. Yeah, so <laughs> they were there for three nights straight, though. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yep. And let, let's get back to the Attitude Era. One thing I loved about it was um, you got a lot of great tag teams out of it. Oh yeah, some of the some of the uh, I'd say some of the best tag teams that that uh, the WWE has ah, ever seen. Um, of course, like your your Hardy Boys, your Edge and Christians, your Two Cools, your the Dudleys, <laughs> Dudleys. Yeah, I, I love Two Cool man. The, and the, oh man, well, <laughs> let me get guess where Brian Christopher got his started there. What's that? R- Brian Christopher, who was in Too Cool. Yeah, Grandmaster, Grandmaster Sexy. Grandmaster Sexy. That's yeah. Jerry Lawler's son. He's from right here in Memphis, and. We've been watch by that point. We had been watching him for years. Yeah, sure. he's <laughs> and he's awesome. kind of a dick. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. That's good to know. Ki- uh, kind of doesn't really give that the emotion it needs. <laughs> but yeah, like oh, and uh, Kyle, I don't know if you know this, but the Dudleys recently returned to the WWE. Did they really? And they look better now than they did back then. They are toned. They look jacked up, and they yep. can, they look like they can still go. Oh yeah. So I, I don't know. I like. I think I like them better as like the the, the cannonballs, a couple like butter balls out there, like. <laughs> <their tables. laughs> well, they said that. Um, I've heard stories that Bubba Ray is like a very stiff worker. Yeah. Um, yeah. he when he carries a match, man, he's gonna lay into you a good bit. Mm-hmm. And that's that's. I, go see, ahead. I can see that. But yeah, it was great, man. Um, we were watching Raw. It was a week week from Monday. And the New Day, who is this, like, if I described them, they look like three Methodist preachers, <laughs> right? And um, they were coming you know, out. Preaching about positivity, but they're heels. Yeah. And, and they're <laughs> hilarious. Big E is hilarious. And, like, that one dude came out and he was playing a trombone, and they're talking about how awesome they are. Well, fireworks go off. And like the Dudleys come out, and there's there's just that nostalgic feeling mm-hmm. when a tag team like the Dudleys comes out because you know they're gonna come out and kick some ass. They use the old music and everything. Oh yep. yeah, yeah, yep. Got, yeah. They oh, got that's the, awesome. They got they did the whole slam them down, grab the legs, do the was up. Oh god, that's awesome. And then they put them through a table with the three D. <laughs> and, and they they maybe... did the fan interaction with it too. You know mm-hmm. when he when he pushed Devon, you know Devon. 
one, two, three, and then let the entire crowd get the tables. <laughs> it was awesome. And, and man, like the wars that uh, Bubba Ray and Devon went with Edge and Christian and, and the Hardys, the Hardys, man, those TLC matches. Like it's a good thing they stop had to stop doing those because I, if there would have been a fourth one, someone would have died. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. But, that, but, but the, the like that that high flying kind of uh, action was uh, I don't like like the the signature of like the Edge and Christians and the, the the Hardy Boys was like that. I think that's what brought a lot of the excitement to the uh, the the tag team area of of the WWE. Just like. You know, you're gonna see jump, someone jump off a ladder and do a backflip on this, onto another guy. That 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 is awesome in itself. And then he's he's gonna kick out of it. Holy shit! Like how 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 how? Yep. Like that kind of stuff, or like the way Edge and Christian would come in through the crowd, and oh my god, where are they? And oh, they're in the crowd. Oh my god! Like when did they when did, did they start doing that? Like back in the day when they were with the um, what was it? What, who, um, Gangrel. Who were they with? Who did they start with? Gangrel at, at like the Legion of Was the it like brood. what? Like the Brood. Yeah. The Brood. Yeah. Brood. Yeah. And then yeah. the, what was it? The, what would they call it? The bloodbath. The bloodbath. Where the yeah. lights would go off. Grass grow. And then throw it on someone. Yep. And yeah. Um. I always I liked the Edge and Christian when they started becoming funny heels. To me, that was yeah. the best. Like when they came to Memphis one time, they'd always do these things called uh, five second poses for fl- those for the benefit of with those for the benefit of, of those, those with, with flash, flash photography, photography. yeah <laughs> and they came out in like fat elvis suits one time and big elvis pompadour wigs and it was absolutely hilarious and of course they're getting almost booed out of the building for doing something like that <laughs> but like so many characters were made during that yeah uh like you said you know the hardy boys you know they were just some random jobber tag team and they gave them a chance they yeah. were my favorite back then like it was them and then apa or like my two <laughs> oh, apa tag team. I, I i still tag have team. an apa shirt somewhere <laughs> love I, now that's something i wish bray wyatt would do what they did with the apa they're kind of like these hypnotized cult following a cult leader you know, when they were in the ministry, they were badass, but they and they were re- extremely cool when they went on their own and were playing cards, smoking cigars, and drinking oh, yeah. beer. Oh yeah, yeah, that that was my favorite, my favorite uh, version of them because like it was like everybody was afraid of them, like they were the protection agency, so like they they like they were the actual people that people that they everybody feared them, you know. Like I I love that that incarnation of the acolytes. Um, the, they, his clothesline from hell is still that was, just brutal. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, they did a. a was it, when was the Raw reunion? Was that last year or year before last? I think uh, it was for WrestleMania 30, so that would have been year before yeah. last, right? Yeah. Well, they every week there's a wrestler, Kyle, by the name of Heath Slater. And this dude would come out, and like every week he would face a different um, legend. Like uh, Roddy Piper was wow. one week. Rikishi. Rest in you, peace. Yeah, rest in peace. We, <laughs> thumbs to this guy for Piper. Thumbs to this guy. One one out for Piper. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, he fought. This guy fought Rikishi. Um, do you remember Rikishi? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah from Too Cool. I think Sid Vicious was Sid Vicious was yeah. one of them. But uh, finally, at the last week, he was going to face Lita, and before something happened, and the APA came out, Bradshaw and Farouk were in their APA and did their whole oh. protection thing on him, and it was. He, big Bradshaw can still throw that clothesline. Oh, yeah. and that gives me that gives me chills just like listening to you describe it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm not any better at it, but 
still just the, the i'm sure the pop when they came out of like oh my god they're here to protect yeah and uh piper like piper always got a pop whenever he would come back like, oh yeah they actually did something before was it before wrestlemania this past year when was uh the rec- when brock lesnar stepped up to the legends uh, yeah, that was was, was that it. Be- this year? I think that was before WrestleMania. Yeah, was that this year? Yeah. Okay, so Snooka was in the ring. Uh, who else? What are the legends? Flair, Piper, Snooka. Or what? Wasn't it like for? Was that the one that was kind of like for Hogan's birthday or something? Yeah, yeah, that's because yeah, exactly they had NWO come in yeah. and Piper. And yeah. Well, Brock Lesnar comes in and he's getting in all these faces, Kyle, and everyone when he yeah. steps up into their face, they kind of step away like. You know, it's yeah, Brock Lesnar. I'm yeah. not gonna. It's the beast. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my God. He gets into Piper's face. Piper doesn't move a fucking inch. Doesn't budge. <laughs> and <clears throat> that's a testament to how awesome Piper was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God, I miss him. Well, we want to look back on our timeline a little bit. Sure. Let's see. Yeah. Uh, let's yeah. see. Uh, March 29th, 1998. Hold on. Hold on. George, <laughs> producer George said, "Don't forget what APA did to the Ascension." Oh, shit. Thank, <laughs> thank you, George. Get back on timeline. Let me, let me talk okay, about the timeline. Just, we don't want Ascension rant. No. Ascension's cut. It's coming. <laughs> let me, hold on. Before we get, let me just oh, describe shit. the Ascension. Oh, shit. The, Thanks a lot, George. The, the Ascension, Kyle, like, all right. So there are these guys that when they were in the NXT, these guys were badasses. They would beat the hell out of everyone. Their finisher was very destructive. And they basically rolled over everybody. They're just pure, anybody they got in the ring with, they rolled over pure them. Pure domination. Like and within five minutes. They never had to cut a promo because they were tough enough that they didn't have to. That they was their the, thing. They were the tag team version of Goldberg, basically. I mean, they destroyed well, anything they got in the ring with. So they bring these guys up to the main roster and they tell them to cut these promos on like these awesome ass former tag teams like the um demolition. Dungeon of Doom. Dun- dungeon, dungeon of Doom. And, like, it just... Why the fuck would you have them <laughs> cut that promo? They're not... You just had them debut the roster. They shouldn't even cut in promos. They should have just been out in the ring beating everyone at down that they faced. Mm-hmm. And then you have a new tag team that could be contending with the New Day, fighting the primetime players. They got in a program with the New Age Outlaws. And didn't the New Age Outlaws go over on that, yeah. too? Yeah. yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> See what you did, George? <laughs> go, go back to the timeline. Okay. Let me get the timeline back on here. <laughs> March 29th, 1998. Stone Cold Steve Austin wins his first WWF championship at WrestleMania 14 from Shawn Michaels with the aid of Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson. That was badass. Oh, yeah. Yes, it was. This is seen by many fans as the official beginning of the Attitude Era. Uh, March 30th, 1998, Raw's War. Shawn Michaels starts a four-year hiatus from wrestling with a back injury while new incarnations of the Nation of Domination and Degeneration X debut. The Rock becomes leader of the Nation Nation of Domination. Triple H announces himself as the new leader of DX and announces the return of X-Pac to the WWF from WCW. (laughs) Hold on. let's, Let's stop there for a sec. I love when they got to that in the wrestling isn't wrestling video mm-hmm. <laughs> my name is x Pac, and my thing is i'm, I'm x Pac. yeah <laughs> like <laughs> yeah did, have you, did, did you ever look that up kyle no okay youtube wrestling isn't wrestling it's a video done by uh, max landis and he was the director of chronicle have you ever, have you seen that movie 
Uh, I think so. Yeah. No, the... no, no, I haven't. I haven't. Okay. No. Watch that, that movie, too. That, wasn't that that movie where the guy, where, what, what was, like, those kids? Yeah, the was three kids that get like, superpowers. They were making yeah. a documentary about it, the well, themselves they, getting superpowers and stuff or yeah. something. Yeah. yeah. So, highly, I highly recommend that movie, too, just so. Uh, April 13th, 1998, for the first time since June 10th, 1996, 84 weeks in total, WWF Raw wins over WCW's Monday Nitro in the ratings when on Raw is War, Stone Cold Steve Austin faces Vince McMahon for the first time, one-on-one. Dude, Vince McMahon was so jacked. Oh, yeah. Like nobody expected n- that. Nobody. <laughs> nobody. He came out there wearing suits all the time, and then he comes out there not wearing a suit for the first time ever, and it's like, holy shit! <laughs> Do you remember that, Kyle? Uh, no, I you don't. don't actually. Oh my god! He came out there wearing basically. I do always remember how jacked up he was. Oh god, man! Yeah, he dude, was... he came. I, my jaw dropped. Like, whole you could take like a cinder block and a sledgehammer and bust it over that dude's abs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, he was like Triple H size, and like, yeah, yeah, just cut yeah. and ripped. literally. He, I think he still is. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, man. it's just a couple years ago he was on the cover of like Muscle and Fitness or yeah. something. Yeah, Jesus, yeah, he's a big dude. April twenty seventh, nineteen ninety eight, DX led by Triple H invaded WCW headquarters and stadiums in Southampton, in Hampton Roads area of Virginia. Before that, though, let's go back to uh, the Nation. Okay, the, the feud that Nation and DX had together man, that, that was, was epic. <laughs> oh, that was so that awesome. was epic. When uh, when nation, when they came uh, when they came out dressed as the nation. Oh yeah. And how much <laughs> trouble would they get in if they tried to do that today? <laughs> Having X Pac come out in blackface. Yeah. With Mizark oh on uh, across <laughs> his yeah. chest. Mizark. Oh, oh my god, dude! And like, and he talked like he was um like Fat, Fat Albert. Albert. Yeah. Are you kidding me? No. Oh, yeah. no. That that is definitely something you have to look up. You've got to look that up, Kyle. <laughs> Looking up right now. Look that up. It, it, it's the nation of impersonation. And Triple H, uh, Triple H was the Rock. And the Rock just came from the bathroom. <laughs> Had the eyebrow and you should have smelled on. what the Rock was cooking. <laughs> oh my God! The Rock was laying him smack down on himself. Yeah. <laughs> Road Dog was, was D'Lo legit, Brown. He was in black, legit blackface. Boom. Yes. Yeah. Like, yes. oh my God! Imagine how much trouble the WWE would be in if they tried something like that today. And they, be over. In the documentary, in one of the documentaries recently, though. Uh, Sean Waltman, X Pac, <laughs> comes out and he goes. He goes, man, I did not want to be Mark. <laughs> <laughs> I, w- I want to know who talked him into that. Would be like, hey man, let's put a bunch of pillows under you and put you in blackface and see, see like what <laughs> talk like Fat Albert. That'll get over. <laughs> oh, the funny, God. the funny thing was, it was spot on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my God, X Pac comes out raising the roof. Yes, oh, he God. does. <laughs> <laughs> It's so bad. Oh, yes. That is so it's bad. just, uh, yeah, it gets better from there. It's just like, D- and then, uh, what was it? Uh, Triple H does a good, he does a good rock. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. like how he had the, um, he had the eyebrow painted. Like painted on. And, uh, <laughs> what was it? Uh, freaking, um, oh, um, New Age Outlaws, um, what was his name? Road Dog. Road Dog was was, was D-Lo Brown yep. and was wearing a beanie yeah. with a with an oh, airplane yeah. propeller on top yeah. of it. <laughs> And, and uh, oh had like catcher's catcher's uh, chest protector and on like, from baseball like, or something. Here's, a, here's another <laughs> like here's another offensive angle that made me think of this like the Godfather, like how offensive the, oh, the train. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god! <laughs> and they would legit go to strip clubs and get strippers. Well, you, well some yeah. of them were some of them end up like uh, 
Victoria was a uh, one of the hoes. Yes, yes. And uh, and they Ivory, actually called Ivory. them hoes on yes, TV. Yeah. They called them hoes on TV. <laughs> as of today, where they'd be referred to as women of ill repute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or Sonny. Oh. oh. <laughs> uh, with his sonnies. I, I, ho- I hope I never get Sonny booked on this show. We make no. it. No. <laughs> no. That's the one That's I'm going terrible. for. I, I'm going to get her on the show. Okay, let's see here. June 28th, 1998, King of the Ring, Mankind loses against Undertaker in the third ever Hell in a Cell match, and, and that's the one where he gets thrown off the roof. And he knocked a tooth. Through the roof. And yeah. He knocked a tooth out through his nose. Yeah. Ugh. And it's getting thrown off of the the top of the cell was like within like the first five minutes because yeah. they started the match on top of the cell. I wa- I watched. <laughs> I went back to watch that match and I was just like, Jesus, the match is over. Yes, <laughs> that was a, that was the second match I watched on the WWE Network. Wow, I had to watch Summer or Bash at the Beach 1996 right. to see Hogan join the NWO, but then I had to watch Undertaker launch Mick Foley. That that. Even now, it's kind of hard to watch. Yeah, like, and I love how now. My God, he's broken in half. Well, like, did, <laughs> that's what he said. De- did you see the DeAndre Jordan dunk that they edited that into? <laughs> no. Have you seen? Did you see it, Kyle? I have. Yeah. <laughs> so DeAndre Jordan, it was that dunk where he completely destroyed a guy. Yeah. And they added in. Oh no no no! Goom! <laughs> <laughs> My God, he's broken in half. And, like it's timed perfectly where DeAndre Jordan does that like. Ooh, sorry yeah. for that dude face. Yeah, I know exactly the dunk you're talking about, too. All right, we got a, we got a good one. We got a good uh, thing on the timeline here. July 26, 1998, fully loaded in your house. The undercard featured Jacqueline versus Sable in a bikini contest. And that was where Sable came out and had the impressions of the hands on her breasts. And Jerry, instead of, Jerry Lawler almost had a heart attack there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and that was around the time of puppies. That's when puppies was all he ever said. Hey, George said, yeah. you can get Sonny on, just book a Skype session, then ambush her with questions. There you go. <laughs> I thought you wanted me to take my clothes off. No. <laughs> no, we just went. No. So what were you thinking back when? No. So do you got a soundboard, mix board you can put that through? And uh, Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> just curious. I'm into that kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> we take Technofile to a whole new level here. Yeah, really. <laughs> All right, let's see here. Huh, funny funny thing about the Jacqueline and uh, Sable thing. Jacqueline's nipple was exposed on camera to the pay-per-view audience I remember that. and was still included in the VHS release. <laughs> Wasn't even edited out. Well, you remember the cat, don't you? Uh, yeah. She do you, was now, do you remember that, Kyle? That year? Were, you still watch- were you watching then? Uh, um, the cat. She was um she was like a miniature china. Oh yes. And you know she she won a match after like it was like a mud wrestling or yeah, something. Yeah, some and stupid mud wrestling the, contest. Yeah. And she, I know y'all came here to see me get naked and she took her top off. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that was missed time. I do remember that. I didn't watch the I didn't have the pay-per-view, but I do remember that being talked about. Let's see. Have you checked out the WWE network, Kyle, at all? No. Oh man, it's it that is like if you really wanted to learn and go back and watch like old pay-per-views and stuff, it's it's worth the 10 bucks a month. And, and you don't even have to sign up for multiple months now. I mean, you can just sign up for a month and then get rid of it. October 5th, 1998 on this episode of Raw's War, Mankind visits an injured Vince McMahon 
and and during oh. the segment introduces Mr. Sacco. Oh man, that was a great segment. The the best part about that was Stone Cold hitting him with the bedpan. Yep, and like I hear the perfect Stone, sound. Hearing Stone Cold, Boom. Like, well, hearing <laughs> when Stone Cold like I heard an interview, he's like, man, he kind of knocked it with his hand a couple times, like. Man, if you want to get a good noise off this, I'm going to hit you really good. And oh, go ahead and do it. I'm Vince McMahon. Bong. Now, did you watch? Do you were you watching then, Kyle? Mm-mm, okay, no. okay. So Vince McMahon was in the hospital um, because he had hurt his leg, broken his leg. Austin broke his leg. No, 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 no. Uh, he had flipped off Undertaker behind his back, and Undertaker turned around as he's flipping okay. him off. Okay, yeah. So then Kane and the Undertaker break. Vince McMahon's leg okay. and put him in the hospital. So he's in the hospital, and Mick Foley comes in and tries to cheer him up, and that's when he brings the Mr. St- Mr. Sacco character. Now, when um, at the end of the episode, um, the nurse is checking him over, and he says, anything you want to check on, doctor? And you hear this doctor say, oh, I'll check on it from here, nurse. And it's Stone Cold Steve Austin, and he starts whooping Vince McMahon's <laughs> ass. He starts hitting him in his broke leg. He starts. He takes a bedpan, rocks McMahon over the head with it. It make it sounds like a gong is being hit, <laughs> and then finally, like he flips him over, and he's about to take a, a probe and shove it up his, you know what, his ass, and like right yeah. before that, it cuts away. And it, it, <laughs> seri- cuts away. <laughs> it seriously was the funniest thing. Beautiful. Let's see here. October 26, 1998, Nitro defeats Raw in the Monday Night Ratings for the last time. From the next episode on, Raw took the lead in the ratings war for good until Nitro's final episode, March 26, 2001. Mm -hmm. November 15th, Shane McMahon betrays Steve Austin by costing him the match in the semifinals against Mankind at the Survivor Series. I remember that. That's somebody I miss, Shane O'Mac. Shane McMahon. Shane O'Mac. Yeah, he does like he does. Does he work for the UFC now? I don't know if he still does or not, but okay. I know I know he did for I, a while. He, he works like a television network in China. On that same night, yeah. The Rock wins his first WWF championship, making him the youngest WWF and, yeah, champion until 2002. Yeah, he became the corporate champion. Yeah, he became the corporate champion that night, right? Because mm-hmm. they turned yeah. on yeah. Mick Foley. Yeah. In the finals, after he applied a sharpshooter to Mankind, Vince McMahon ordered the bell to be rung, even though Mankind did not submit. Well, let's cut it off there for this year because I want to for the, on that year. Okay. So let's bookmark it because I want to get Kyle on another time. We can keep going. Definitely. Now, one to now. Get Definitely. Yeah, I, I, Kyle, I know you have like 8 million projects that you work on at a time. Tell us, yeah. go ahead and start plugging your stuff, man, because I want you to hear what this guy works on because I think he podcasts like seven days a week. Wow. Yeah. All right. So, <clears throat> first of all, I guess when I'm the reason I'm here, the reason I, I like to, or that I go on other podcasts is to promote Doppel Avenue Hurt, which is a detective noir series that I star in. And, uh, my good buddy Jonathan edits and my my buddy Robert writes. We get a bunch of people to to star in different roles, and it's a kind of like a Naked Gun meets a, a double indemnity sort of thing, like a Roger Rabbit meets, you know, <laughs> the, your your detective. It's it's that it's that sort it's, of thing. And it's so, it is uh, hilarious. And they it, yeah, it is. I well, love this uh, dude. That when I I I listened. I think I did all of season one in like a day because I started listening to episode one and I just couldn't stop laughing. And yeah, yeah, dude, great stuff. I appreciate that. Yeah, we, um, we put a lot of hard work into that. So, um, season two is is releasing now. So we've uh, we've been kind of promoting that at big time. So you can go and listen to season two, and you can always listen to season one on uh, on iTunes. Uh, so we have that. Uh, we have uh, if you don't like if. 
comedy and film noir your thing we do have a horror horror podcast that that's the same kind of thing it's a it's a fictional podcast uh it's like your typical cabin in the woods kind of story you know four friends go to a cabin in the woods and a bunch of crazy shit starts happening uh we have that uh that's also available on itunes it's called paralyzed uh you can find that uh as well on itunes and that's a kind of a terrifying little horror podcast that you can listen to which um, I, I listen to that during so, the daytime i cannot bring yeah, myself so it freaks us out man <laughs> uh, I've, I've heard it several times like and, and like I, i'll listen i'll go back and listen to it. i'm like oh my god i'm freaking out i gotta turn the light on <laughs> open the fridge see what's in here i'm just yeah. you know i just want to get the you know see what's I'm just hungry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've got uh, Cop Doctors, which is a podcast uh, about uh, cops that are doctors. It's kind of ridiculous as it sounds. Uh, they're cops by day, doctors by night. Uh, it's a you know short 15-minute little podcast. It's it's There's only one episode out right now. There'll be two soon enough, but um, you know, I, I do that, <laughs> that as well. That is great. Yeah, I know, isn't it? It's kind of, it's and it's it's almost it's like not even it's just the the most ridiculous fucking podcast I've ever read. It's it's absolutely. <laughs> um, that's it for the fictional stuff for now. I mean, there's a there's a couple more things in the works. Uh, I also do uh, it's a podcast called the Shark Dropper Podcast, which is just kind of a you know four assholes in a microphone. We're talking about current events. We do a lot of improv comedy sort of bits. We uh, you know, we get a little ridiculous. We it's you know it's it's a it's a it's a podcast podcast. You know, we're, we're just sitting around talking. Uh, I, of course, do War of the Bay, which is um, based out of Tampa. We are Tampa Bay sports fans, so we like the Lightning, the Bucks, the Rays, Ooh. the Rowdies, whoever. So we, we cover those topics, and we, we cover it in sort of a humorous way. We don't pretend to be experts. We're not going to sit there and give you stats or news, or but we're, kinda, we're just going to kind of reflect and, and comment on the current events and, um, you know, kind of give our own little take. And usually we're pretty drunk when we do it, so... <laughs> Uh, especially this last episode, I was fucking hammered. <laughs> God, Everything's was, better was... when you're drunk. <laughs> Kyle, sent, Kyle sent me a text today and it said, "I mispronounced your name. Sorry, it was the rum." <laughs> you, know what, you know what it was? I mispronounced your name, and then later on, I pronounce it right. So I'm like, yeah. oh, fucking, I'm an idiot. I'm just an idiot. The, the worst thing is, like, you get drunk on a podcast; it's there forever. You're like, oh yeah. man, that's like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> So listen to that. It's called War of the Bay. <laughs> um, Derek mentioned that I do. Uh, we also do a, a horror uh, video game review podcast called the Horror Play Podcast. It's a thirty-minute podcast where we, we're kind of searching for the scariest video game ever. We're I'm about to play um, Spooky's House of Jump Scares a little bit later. I think either tonight or tomorrow, uh, and then we'll we'll go and review it. Re- review that. Um, we have on our network. We have the movies, films, and flicks podcast, which they they kind of go over movies, films, and flicks. Obviously, the the snubbed podcast where they talk about uh, various movies that were snubbed in in years of the Academy Awards. Um, oh, I know I'm forgetting one. Uh, the the top five podcast where we kind of rank things from one to five. I'm not really involved with, with that. I I've been on an episode so far, but you know we can, we're just doing a lot of different things uh, between the five of us: uh, myself, Nicholas, Jonathan, Robert, and uh, John. So we're 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 just kind of trying to branch out in a, a lot of things. And that has meant that I'm usually uh, doing a podcast seven days a week for the most part. I, you know I I got my free time, but. Um, you can find all of that. All of those podcasts are available on sharkdropper.com. 
you just go to that website, you scroll down, and they're all right there. There's the artwork. There's the link for you to subscribe on iTunes. Um, you can go to blogtalkradio.com slash sharkdropper, and that'll bring us to uh, our network page on Blog Talk Radio, where you can also find all of our podcasts. But, yeah, we try to make it as easy as possible. So if you go to sharkdropper.com, all of the podcasts that, that I do and that uh, Robert and John and, you know, all the other Shark Dropper guys that we do, it's right there, sharkdropper.com. And that's it. And uh, do you have any way for folks to support your podcast? Oh, yeah. Of course we do. Yeah. So uh, right there on that web page. There's a, let, there's let me a lob that one up you, for you. Yeah, thank you. Let me just uh, turn the hips here and hit it out of the park. Um, there's an Amazon <laughs> link. You can click on that link. Uh, do your normal sh Amazon shopping. Only we get a little bit of a cut of it. Uh, Derek was kind enough to show up me, us, uh, or rather Jonathan, how to do that. So now we're we're utilizing that. Like an idiot, Derek. I um I like I was trying to put it on the web page. I couldn't figure out how to do it. I'm like, why is it not showing up? I had my ad blocker on the entire time. Like, oh, <laughs> kidding me, man. So you can you can do that. Uh, you can go to uh, audibletrial.com slash shark where you could uh, get an audiobook download and, and do the audible thing. Uh, we're on that as well. And then we also have a Patreon page. Uh, that's also, you can find that on sharkdropper.com. It's next to the, to the button that says home. It says Patreon. You can go to that page. And if you like what we do and you want to find a way to support us, you just give us a buck a month. It's $12 for the entire year. And uh, it helps us out. That's that's all we're really asking for. Well, good that's deal. It, I think. All right. Well, uh, like we like we like to end episode every. I can't fucking talk tonight. All right. We like to end every episode like this. We like to do superstar of the week. So, guys, I ask you this: Who is your superstar of the week? That was awesome. You got vertigo, man. <laughs> That's a horrible thing to do for somebody with vertigo. <laughs> Dan, oh, super I'm freaking out! I'm dying right. Oh my god. <laughs> Dan. Falling into the abyss. <laughs> Superstar of the week, Dan. <laughs> oh shit! Um, damn, come back to me. I I don't Mike. have one. Stone Cold. Stone Cold. It's the Attitude Era episode. Yeah. Stone there you Cold. Go. Oh, there you go. Okay. Give okay. me that look. There you go. Oh, sorry, my bad. <laughs> Dan, I'll go with Stone Cold too. Why not? Okay, Kyle. Uh, I'm gonna go with Mankind because who 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 is better at, at seamlessly changing their persona? So from Mankind to Cactus Jack to Dude Love. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Great. I'm going to say the Dudley Boys. Dudley Boys. I love the Dudley Boys. Too. All right. That's good. That's your superstars of the week. Superstars. I fell into the closet. Quick, pull me back. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to wrap it up this week. Thank you for downloading thank you for subscribing be sure you head over to oversellpodcast.com and click on our amazon links as well and do a little quick little shopping we don't get any extra money we just you know we get a little commission off anything that's sold so go help out this podcast and be sure you're following us on twitter at oversell podcast at shrope nuts at one dangerous dan at wolf mike 23 kyle give me yours one more time at kyle k-y-l-e-w-o-t-b <laughs> <laughs> and want to thank everybody because you know last month was our biggest month by far. Yeah, we yes. we're gro growing by leaps and bounds. I just it's it's astonishing to me. Kyle's going to get us double the listeners we You'll have. You'll continue in our last to grow. Month. Yeah, I'm telling you, it's 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 incredible <laughs> when you watch it. You just watch it grow. 
I thought it was cool. We had some. We had one guy from Australia. I'm yeah. pretty sure we've got we more than that now. Three guys from Singapore. Jeez. Jeez. Or three people from Singapore. I won't say guys. Guys. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> you don't know. I think I can. I'll try to put the downloads up there for Heck you guys. Yeah, well, man. Appreciate I appreciate it. it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right, folks. We're going to wrap it up this week. Uh, next week on the show, an interview that I'm extremely excited about. We got Blue Pants and Leva Bates coming on. Everything's confirmed. She is going to be talking to us next week. So awesome. Sweet. Be sure if you're listening to join us in the live chat room. Maybe we can uh, get get uh, some questions for through there. So, folks, thanks for listening. That's this week's show. This is the Oversell Podcast.